This is News Talk 980 CKNW. When you think of areas, industry jobs, where there might be a shortage, you might think of various things, construction, you might think of other areas, you might not think of beekeepers. But according to one of the professors at Kwantlen Polytechnic University, there has been a shortage of beekeepers and honeybees in BC for more than a decade. So the center, the uh, beekeeping program at KPU, is trying to change all of that. And my next guest is here to talk about how the changes are coming about, because Alex Schellenberg is a student at the KPU uh, commercial beekeeping class, uh, the program. And he joins us uh, on the line now. Alex, good morning. Good morning. How did you first get uh, excited about or interested in beekeeping? Well, it kind of came by accident, I would say. Um, so my mom purchased a uh, beehive, and uh, she kept it in her backyard. And you know, I was really interested watching her do her thing, and she picked up a Beekeeping for Dummies book. And then after a while, she um, she just became a, a, bit, a bit nervous to uh, check the hives and didn't want to do it much anymore. So I took over the role and just fell in love with it. And were you nervous at first of being around bees? Yeah, Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but then once you get in there and you kind of realize that they're, you know, a bunch of individuals who are working together as a whole and, you know, you can kind of understand when they're stressed as, as a group and everything and, and what you can do in those kind of situations. And it kind of helped me, you know, set myself at ease. I was understanding what was going on there. And to be fair, I didn't really fully understand what was going on at that time, but it kind of sparked that interest. And so how long ago was that? Mm-hmm. That would have been about four years ago. And fast forward to today, you are in uh, you're one of the students uh, in the commercial beekeeping program at Kwantlen Polytechnic University. Uh, what's that like? It's an amazing course. Um, John Jabot from the Honeybee Center. He's our he's our professor there. He's our teacher, and he's just sharing his full wealth of information. Everything he's learned over the fifteen or eighteen years that he's been beekeeping uh, commercially, and you know it's. It's been fantastic being able to learn from someone with so much experience and also from everyone who's been able to share their experience in the industry. We get speakers every now and then and we go on tours to visit operations and blueberry fields and, and whatnot, understand the industry. And it's, yeah, it's fascinating. And we, I think we sometimes, uh, we, we think of bees uh, and we're, we're scared of them because they can sting us, but we tend to forget or overlook the fact uh, about how, just how important they are. Yeah, they're tremendously important. I mean, at least one-third of everything we eat is pollinated by bees in some way or another. And some things are obvious, like blueberries or raspberries. And then some things aren't, like beef, um, because for beef to finish properly, um, they're fed into feedlots, they're sent into feedlots where they feed on alfalfa. And alfalfa is uh, pollinated by bees. Yeah, I mean things that we don't we don't even think about sometimes that we uh, tend to even uh, go so far as to take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what kind of thing? I know you you look at things like beehive care, uh, bee botany, pest management. Uh, walk us through a bit. To what what? I, I mean, it sounds much different from uh, taking, say, a criminology degree where you might be in the classroom for the first little while. Uh, walk us through what it, what it's like to be in the program. Okay. Um. Yeah. The average day I would say would be um, in the morning. We're at the campus of KPU, and we're working on theory. Um, and then in the afternoon, uh, we head out into the field, and we kind of 
do some practical application of that. Um, but what we learn in the class varies quite a bit because, you know, like you said, we, we cover um, biology, we cover uh, hive management, we talk about, you know, pests and diseases and, and what to look for when things aren't going well and how to make them rebound from those situations. And and when you look at your, your other classmates as well, my guess is there might be a few that come from the same place of this interest, but maybe a bit fearful uh, of bees. Uh, are there jobs in, in commercial beekeeping once you guys finish the program? Yeah, actually, there's there's uh, it's a growing industry. Um, there's a lot of big operations, particularly in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, where, like I said, mostly alfalfa, canola, those kinds of things have grown. Um, but in BC, there's if, if someone has an entrepreneurial spirit, there's a huge um, avenue to grow because we import about twenty thousand beehives from Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba just to pollinate blueberries, and we're not even pollinating half of the fields that exist in the lower mainland. And why is there such a shortage here? Do we know? I think it's just the amount of people that need to be in it, to be honest. Um, like there's a huge area for growth here in BC um, that just hasn't been met yet. Um, when you talk about talk about importing them, is there the space? You you mentioned going to blueberry fields and and that. Is there the space in BC? Do you think uh, if we do expand, if more people like yourself take the program and get into commercial beekeeping, is it something that can be set up quite easily? I believe so. Yeah, because the the actual footprint of a beehive is is quite small. Um, so the amount of space that you would need to, to keep a large operation um, actually isn't too much. And usually the ones that do exist now in, in BC, you know, they're, they're using you know, the, the back corner of someone's five-acre property or something like that, right? So it's land that's already kind of there, but it's just not being utilized. And can you talk a little bit about to how bees operate? Because I find them fascinating with the queen bee and how uh, they stay together. Uh, they don't hibernate, but they cluster together for warmth. The, 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 the intelligence of them, just uh, to me, is a bit mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're incredibly intelligent uh, little insects. Um, so there's three main casts of insects. Um, they have the male bee, which is the drone. And there aren't too many of those. There's maybe um, a couple hundred through this um, in the summer, and they live for about uh, three months. And then you have the worker bee who lives for about a month and a half, and there's uh, at least thirty-five thousand of those in the peak of summer. Um, and then there's the queen bee, and there's only one, and she, her job is to just lay eggs like crazy. <clears throat> and the workers, you know, they're the ones who are cleaning, who are doing all the pollinating, who are bringing in the honey, the nectar, and, and uh, the pollen, and everything like that. Um, they're also the ones who are fighting off any kind of pests that's trying to get in or, you know, fighting the wasps or whatever would come around. Um, but they also communicate to each other. So if one finds, for instance, um, there's a field of wildflowers that just all of a sudden came into bloom and that bee finds it, it'll come back and it'll do this little waggle dance and tell the other um, bees, like, hey, there's a lot of nectar coming in. we got to get out there. And... The uh, intensity of it as the dance kind of draws more and more bees to that location. That's fascinating. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's crazy the way that they've been able to to develop and grow and and find new homes and 
they're, yeah, just phenomenally intelligent. And we don't even fully understand everything that they do. What happens if something happens to the queen bee? Well, uh, if something happens to the queen bee, like, for instance, um, she gets injured or she dies or she just uh, gets too old to continue laying eggs, um, the workers will try to replace her as best they can. They'll actually take an an egg and um, they'll raise a new queen. And... You know, if, if their queen's just getting old and will die soon, then, you know, maybe she'll just die and the new queen will take over. Or if the population's just absolutely exploding, then they'll go off with the old queen um, and the new queen will be left with, you know, most of the population still and she'll raise a new hive. Um, and uh, we mentioned as well the uh, the shortage of, of commercial beekeepers. Uh, is it a full time job? Can you can you um, graduate from the program and and this is your full time what you do? Yeah, yeah, it's it's more than full time, especially in the the summer months. Um, yeah, it definitely can be. Um, you know, your peak time is you're looking at you know, from March all the way through till uh, into September almost. And, uh, you know, then you're working tons of hours. And then in the off-season, when the bees are starting to cluster up, like you said, in the winter, um, you're focusing on cleaning everything <laughs> through the year that's not being used. And, yeah, it, it can be full-time work for not just someone who's starting their own business, but for hiring new people and, and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of work out there for beekeepers. Uh, and I think we get the image of the beekeeping suit. Do you still wear the, the suit with the protection? Yeah, yeah, I often do. Um, you know, the, when you're going into 700 colonies, you're bound to get a few stings if you don't wear the protection. And they, when they get agitated, they go for your eyes or they crawl up your nose or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. Um, so the veil definitely helps. Um, when I'm tending my own, I, I have um, 18 colonies that I, I watch over for a um, uh, non-profit called Wagner Hills Farm. And uh, those I typically don't wear the suit for because I know I can go in, you know, be quick and be gentle, and I usually don't stir, to, stir them around too much. And do, do you form a relationship? I mean, they are so smart. Do the bees know you? Say they would know you're in there and they know that you are the person. Would they know, would they know the difference between you being in the colonies or if somebody, a stranger, walked in? Um, I don't think so, to be honest, but I do know that they associate, like if you, if you handle them roughly, they'll associate a person with being handled roughly and, and more prone to being agitated. So if you have a history of being gentle with them, then, you know, they're not as agitated with further visits. But I'm not sure, to be honest, if they recognize like my personal scent or, or whatever, because I think these, they have more of a, a world of sense instead of a world of sight. Once they recognize me on site. Right. Uh, final question Have you been stung? Oh, tons of times, <laughs> yes. Um, I get stung weekly. Um, when we first were being stung in, uh, in the beginning of the program there, um, I actually started to take bees off of the hive, like pluck them up by their wings and sting myself, <laughs> just to kind of build a tolerance to the bee sting and also to see if I'd, I'd have a bad reaction to it which thankfully didn't happen. <laughs> Do they tell you that when you start the program? Look, there's no way you're getting out of this without a, at least a sting or two? Uh, not explicitly, but when some, some people are saying, oh, maybe I could be the first beekeeper ever, and like, oh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> 
And how has your tolerance grown then before going from somebody who who used to be a, a bit uneasy around bees to now knowing it's part of the job? Oh, it's, I don't even notice it, to be honest. Like, I'll, I'll notice that I get stung, um, and it'll maybe have a little bit of a warm sensation for 30 seconds, but my body doesn't swell up or anything like that. It's more like getting a slipper. You know, you just kind of accept it after a while. <laughs> well, it sounds like a fascinating uh, career choice and a very interesting program. Alex, thank you so much for joining us to talk a bit more about it. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Happy beekeeping. That is, bye-bye. That is Alex Schellenberg. He is a student at the Kwantlen Polytechnic University's commercial beekeeping program. This is only the second year that the beekeeping program has uh, been in place. They started uh, with uh, practicums this month, and uh, it was uh, just in time. Oh, I didn't even know this. For nationally recognized Day of the Honeybee, and that happens tomorrow didn't you know? Tomorrow is the National Day of the Honeybee. Fascinating creatures. Uh, The more I learn about bees, the more I am so in awe of them and uh, so so worthy of respect for what the bees do. And they are so important, as Alex mentioned, uh, up to, what is it, one-third of uh, the food. Up to 80% of the world's major crop species benefit from pollination. And I think it was up uh, one-third of the annual global food production is derived from crops that benefit from pollinators, much of which accomplished by honeybees. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.